Welcome to the Relationship for Win Win podcast. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Kevin. And we've been married for 25 amazing years. Well, they haven't all been amazing, to be honest, babe. That's true. And we have four awesome kids. We do. And we love them so much. And babe, I love you. And we're just trying to share some things that we've learned about life. Uh, We're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We're not counselors. We're not professionals. But we have lived life a little bit. And we hope to share some things with you that are beneficial. So thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about a topic that I've been thinking a lot about, um, living out of fear or teaching out of fear versus love. And I just, I've noticed it a lot in my life and just hearing things from other people that sometimes, especially as parents, but I think as couples, we tend to have a lot more fear instead of love or faith. And so we just wanted to discuss it today on our podcast. And Kevin has a story that he's going to share. Yeah, I mean, I um, remember this distinctly, learning this whole concept. And I'll give credit to Dr. John Lund, who we've referenced before here. I think we're probably on a trip or something, someplace listening to the the CDs, you know, in the car. In the minivan. In the minivan, nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that was a great minivan. It was. To be honest. I really loved it. <laughs> um, like 17 cup holders or yeah. something. That was a great one. <laughs> but anyway, um, the concept that he described was the fact that inside each one of us lives a pack of wolves, he said. And he talked about, if you know about a wolf pack, you've got alpha wolf. And the alpha wolf is the one that kind of dominates the pack. And, and I apologize if I'm offending anybody who's a wolf expert out there and I'm, I'm missing the concept or I'm not explaining it correctly. But as I understand it, you've got the alpha wolf that is really the leader of the pack. And that's the one that typically eats first. It's probably the, typically the biggest. It typically gets challenged by other wolves in the pack to remain the dominant wolf in the pack. And he just said that inside all of us lives a pack of wolves. And it could be a a wolf of faith. It could be a wolf of fear. It could be a wolf of hope. It could be a wolf of doubt, a wolf of love, a wolf of anger, like whatever it is. And he said, I can tell you the wolf that will dominate your life is the wolf that you feed. And that just hit me like a ton of bricks throughout my life. I've always gone to that and kind of paused to say, what wolf is dominating my life? What wolf am I feeding? And more often than not, we talked about this the other day. And, and introduces this concept is to say, I find that there's counterbalancing wolves, right? I either have a, a wolf of fear dominating my life, or I have a wolf of faith that's dominating my life. And so the, the thought today is that we want to share with everybody is to say, you know, fear versus love, fear versus faith. But um, I think that a lot of times we have this fear concept. And Jennifer, you've got some great examples I know today to share with people about how we do this, like you said, as parents and as individuals. So let's maybe kind of jump into some of those that our listeners get, but just realize we're probably feeding all of these in our life and it becomes a way of life for us then. So babe, what are some of the ones you'd say? So I was just brainstorming different things that like we say, they're nice thoughts and they're, they seem like, you know, people have been saying these forever. Um, But really, if you think about it, they're not true or you're feeding fear instead of love. So one of them I thought of was the Holy Ghost goes to sleep after midnight. And for those of you that aren't LDS, the Holy Ghost is like your conscience or something inside of you that tells you something you're in danger or something. 
Anyways, but so the Holy Ghost goes to sleep after midnight. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, okay, that's a way to get your kids to come home at midnight. And But when parents say that, they just expect their kids to say, okay, mom and dad, which isn't always the case. And I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? Like chances are the Holy Ghost or your inside, whatever you want to call it, um, is actually working overtime after midnight. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't go to bed. It's like, no, it's on high alert. Yeah, so it's just – and I just think that because, you know, when I, we want our kids to come home at a certain time, but I think it's important. Kevin's really good at this, is always explaining the why. Instead of trying to use fear tactics on our kids, I think if we go about it in a different way that shows more love, like – this is why we want you to, you know, come home at this time. Bars close at two or whatever time bars close. I don't know. But whatever, they you know, <laughs> they close at two. In Utah, they close at two. I'm pretty sure um, they close at Okay. Two. Except Vegas. So there might be drunk drivers out. We don't want you to get hit. So just explaining the why as opposed to trying to use something like a religious something to scare them to come home. Yeah, so we instill fear a lot of time to get... Or if I hear you correctly, this is what what, mm-hmm. what you're saying is that we try to instill fear to get the outcome that we want to have for a person or in this case, our kids, you were saying, we could do it with our spouse. We could even do it with ourselves is to use fear as a tactic with all that. So, so let's go through a yeah. couple more because I think you've brainstormed some really good ones and then we'll come back and talk about a little bit more why we do that and how to like change that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So some of the other ones, um, don't drink alcohol or you'll become an alcoholic. It just takes one time to have a drink. And, of course, our fear is like, oh, my gosh, if our kid starts drinking, you know. They're- yeah, they're going to be an alcoholic all of a sudden. Like they have a beer and it's like, that's it. Johnny's an <laughs> AA the rest of his life. <laughs> so instead of explaining to our children why that's important, finding the why about it and doing it more with love. And chances are, if you're using these fear tactics, when that person, if if your child does go to a party and end up drinking, they're not going to tell you. Yeah, they're not going to come back and say, hey, mom, dad, yeah, I messed up. because or, you've driven fear into them, and they're afraid of you, too. Right. So um, if you look at porn <laughs> once, you'll be addicted and won't ever be able to stop. And I, I think this is a big one we terrify our kids on. And... Instead of, you know, we definitely need to go about it with love because, unfortunately, porn is on all computers. Yeah, so, we, and, so if I can just scare you yeah. into it, then you're never going to want to look at it. And then if you do look at it, to your point, it can bring about some shame and some, like, awful feelings. Or it can go in a different direction, and that is, well, you know what? Like, I'm not addicted to it, and but you put the fear of God in me, so it's like, what else have you lied to me about, you know? Yeah. And so we do it with maybe the best of intentions of, and we just scare them into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking with grades, if you don't get straight A's, you won't be able to get into college and you'll have to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. Not that there's anything wrong with McDonald's. We but... love the Golden Arches, <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, I think when we come from a space of fear, we're not really getting having the connection with our kids and the love that we want. It's kind of just a negative way. So I think just paying attention to how you're speaking to your spouse or your kids or to yourself when you um, make statements like that because it's not true. There are many 
very successful people that got B's, C's, D's, F's. Some didn't even graduate from college, and they're multi-millionaires. Our, our kids say all the time, C's get degrees, and I'm like, that's true. It is true. Uh, but but I, but I think, yeah, so keep going, because you've, you've got a couple more um, I think, that are on here. That yeah, really um, if your spouse has an affair, your marriage is over. If anyone ever finds out, they won't be able to respect you ever again. I mean, there's a lot of, like, you can't talk about it. If this happens in your life, you can't talk about it. And that, in my opinion, is very unhealthy not true. It makes people live in fear and shame and hide instead of what they really need to do is open up and show love and um, connection. And it it doesn't mean your marriage is over. There are many marriages, including ours, that have been able to overcome those obstacles. And I can't leave for us, we're better on the other side. Yeah. Our marriage is better than it was before. Yeah. And and so I, I think that one of the concepts that you brought up, babe, was that when we were talking about this, and you said this, that fear is not of God. And I love that. What do you, what do you mean by that a little bit? Well, I think um, sometimes we use God um, in the wrong way, but God is love. And so when we want to show our children, or we always need to go about it from the feeling of love, we need to feed the wolf of love. Sometimes as humans, we are scared. We worry about our kids. We worry about ourselves, our spouse, you know, we do have these fears or anxieties, but instead of just speaking from that point of view, try to go inside and think, okay, how would love show up? How is love Mm -hmm. going to say this? What would I say if I'm feeling love as opposed to being fearful? Because sometimes I think we just say things, and if we really think about it, we're definitely coming from a space of fear. No, I, I love that because one of the things that we, we talked about is, and I heard you just say this now, is that I think that we're, we use these fear tactics, I think, yeah. and, it, and it gets, you know, initially it gets us what we want, right? But by going about in a fearful way, I think it's because we're, at least this is me personally, it's because I'm trying to avoid a harder conversation, mm-hmm. right? It might take more time might take more explanation. It's almost like, you know, my dad used to say things. I'd question him. It's like, why do I have to do that? And he said, because I said so. You know, well, because I'm your dad. Okay, but like I'm still wondering why. Well, if he really was to explain the why, it probably would have taken 20 minutes. And he might not have had 20 minutes to go share at that time period. So I think that with using these fear tactics, it just seems like it's going to be easier than having a difficult conversation. So I, so I think that, you know, we just need to be willing as parents or as anybody just to have a more, you could be the, even a boss in a, in a work environment and just put fear tactics into people instead of giving a greater explanation. Like, let me, let me mm-hmm. give you an example. So let's say here's a conversation about don't look at pornography. Just don't do it. You're going to become addicted or substitute alcohol or whatever. What if instead we were to say, you know what, Johnny or Jill, like, like anyone uses those names anymore. I should come up with like you know, Jackson and, you know, <laughs> Ashley with like three E's at the end of it or something. Uh, but if you were to say, you know, let me explain to you something of why we're so concerned about this. One, we know that on your phone, you can access pornography anywhere. When I was younger, you had to like, you know, check out a National Geographic magazine or you'd sneak over to someone's house and find a magazine or something. Now it's just everywhere. 
My fear is it's going to distort how you view women, might distort your body image. It might, you know, uh, ingrain in your head. I'm worried that, yes, you can become addicted to it. But you know what? These are all the other things that I'm worried about. And I care for you and I love you. And so I'm not trying to use scare tactics. I'm trying to keep you out of harm's way, right? We did this with kids, little kids. It's like, don't go in the street, you know? And what if they went in the street? They're going to freak out. It's like, no, let me explain to you is to say, hey, you're in the street. Uh, You know, you could get hit by a car. You might not see something. So again, having, I think, the conversation that's harder, explaining the why, get vulnerable. Mm -hmm. You might even say, you know what, Johnny or Jane or (laughs) Ashley or Jackson, you know, I'm worried with alcohol. You know what? I've seen your grandpa or your aunt become alcoholic. I watched your grandmother die of diabetes induced by alcoholism. Um, I'm worried about all these things in that I've seen firsthand, and I just don't want to see that happen to you. Or I'm worried about not only you drinking, but then you get behind a wheel, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden other things can happen. So those are my fears. So help me understand, you know, how you interpret this and how you see it and what you view this as. I mean, again, it's a more robust conversation, but I think you actually connect deeper than if I just try to use fear tactics on that. And then I have no faith that like you're ever going to live your life correctly. Right. And I think um, I was thinking, you know, even like people talking about suicide or something like that. Sometimes as parents, we're, we don't even want to say the word. What if we say it? That means then they're going to start thinking it. No. Yeah, I might planted the seed yeah. in their head that it's like, yeah. <laughs> if we say sex, they're going to start having sex. No, we need to be proactive and teach them and to teach from love because I guarantee if we put more love in the conversation and have those harder conversations that are maybe uncomfortable and we're trying to avoid, but if we can do that, then chances are if that child or your spouse or your friend or whoever you're talking to gets in a compromised position or does something that they're feeling bad about, they're going to come talk to you. If all we've done is put fear into them, they're never going to talk to us. Well, and and to your point, and parents, if children are listening, this is mm-hmm. going to go PG-13 rated Okay. <laughs> but like you brought up sex. And yeah. I think that in our church, we teach that sex is not appropriate before marriage. Right. So, so we use this tactic. A lot of people use this tactic of don't have sex. Don't have sex. sex is bad. Don't have sex. Yeah. Well, then you get married and you're like, hey, have at it. <laughs> Swing from the chandeliers and you got to do what you got to go do. And it's like, well, how, how did I spend like 25 years or 23 years or in some cases 18 years, like learning that sex is no, 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 no. And now it's like, have at it, people. Like you yeah. go... Go whatever. And it's like, no, let me just explain to you what my fear is. Right. You could be pregnant. It can alter your life. It could change things. You know, I think it's valuable that you save that for the person you're married with. I mean, again, having a more robust And not talking like sex is bad. Don't make it a bad thing because sex is good. It's just that at an appropriate time are better than other times. So, yeah, I think – because I think that's a huge problem. People get married and it's like, wait, I can have sex now? And there's Ta-da. lots of problems. There's a lot of people that have huge problems in their marriage because of sex. Yep. And 
that's because we've because we've yeah. used we've come from a fear based of that. So yeah. imagine anything else. Imagine we teach like you've got to have good grades. You've got to have the best grades possible. You have straight A's to get into this college. And if you don't get into this college, you're not going to get a good grade. And all of a sudden, they get a bad grade, and it's like their they, world falls apart. Their world falls yeah. apart. Or if they don't get into that college, it's like I'm spiraling downward, as opposed to saying. I believe that if you have better grades, it increases the likelihood of you getting to a better school. And studies even show that increases the likelihood of you getting a better job. However, let's get into the part about faith is to say, let's replace fear with faith. So what would you say about that? Yeah, I think it's so important when you're feeling yourself being afraid. Of course, we're all going to be afraid about things, but trying to have faith like, okay, this is all going to work out. This is happening for a reason. I love you and it's okay. You know, we all make mistakes. We're put on this earth to make mistakes. And everyone's kids, every everyone, every human in this world, no one's perfect. Right. And so we're going to make mistakes. And so have faith that it's going to work out. Even and how if- many times have you seen that with like older people? Mm-hmm. We deem them as being wise, right? And I, I've always used the definition of, of wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. So wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. So we look at these older people and they're wise and some of the counsel they give all the time is really um, that, that what? Yeah. Faith is all, it's all going to work out. If you have faith, it's all going to work out. And I think it's so true. Sometimes we have a plan in our mind and someone does something, something happens and our plan shifts and changes, but that's okay because it was probably always meant to be that way. Yeah, and, and it's okay. We can rebound from this. So in your life, we would just have you maybe step back and look to say, what wolf am I feeding in my life? Mm-hmm. A lot of times in conversations that we have, and maybe even in ourselves, we're using and feeding the wolf of fear, and we can make a conscious decision to replace that with faith. And I'll be honest, like, I catch myself—I'm not a master at this. I don't have a black belt and, you know, <laughs> that now I'm just all, you know, without fear— but I catch myself sometimes, and I can now, instead of getting ramped up in fear and living in a dark space, I can say, wait a minute, what am I feeding? I'm feeding fear. Why am I feeding the fear whatever? And go there. And if we do this with our kids, I mean, babe, I think that you're really good at saying all the time, when I get like in that fear spot, you kind of just settle me down. Mm-hmm. And how many conversations have we had where we grab me like we've laid on the bed or on the couch or something and... You just let me vent on all my fears, and then you typically always end up saying, what? It's all going to work out. <laughs> it's all going to work out. I mean, how can you say that? You're like, I don't know. It just is. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, you're, you're right. And I think that, you know, God, God governs this whole thing, right? I mean, he's got it. It's going to work out as it's supposed to. It's not that we're going to be not bumps and bruises along the way. But if you have faith as to say, we're going to get through this, and it's going to work out well. Um, you just live in a happier spot, yeah. happier place. Yeah, and I, you're going to be happier too because you're going to be focused more on love than fear. Yeah, so figure out what wolf are you feeding in your life. If, you've got, if you're feeding the wolf of fear, we'd make the recommendation bring in love, more love, more faith. Have confidence in your kids. Yeah. I mean, goodness sakes, we, we were talking to a, a couple not too long ago, and they came over to our house and— we kind of had this similar conversation as to say yeah, they were so stressed out about their their child not getting like straight A's in high school for something and you know being the president of the 
of the school and captain of the baseball team, whatever. And I'm just like, were you that way, either of you? And they were like, no. And I'm like, well, you both seem to turn out okay. Like, why do we have to put these pressures? Because we're so feared that, like, there's only so many jobs or there's only so many people that get this or whatever. It's like, have faith that it's all going to work out. And approach it differently and then be be okay to have those deeper conversations. Yeah. So I think by doing so, better relationships. Friends, one of the greatest compliments you can pay us is to introduce your friends and family to our podcast so that we can all grow and learn together. So thanks so much for listening today to the Relationship 411 podcast. Please like and share. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And remember, we promise to give you the 411 about relationships. So you don't have to call 911 for yours. <laughs>